Hello everyone, it's good to see y'all again. You know who this is, it's Matthew. <laughs> um, and as always, I have a, um, I have a word to give you guys. Um, it's nothing prophetic, it's nothing deep, so, you know, don't worry you um you're not gonna fall out in the holy ghost <laughs> none of that um but i have been i feel like i've been doing better with reading my word of course and i'm gonna be honest there are times where um i don't do well with reading my word um but Jesus knows that, and he knows that this life is not easy. And so, um, hang on, y'all. I'm going to move my camera, my iPad over to the middle so y'all can see me. Yeah. It's nighttime for me, so I'm actually about to get ready for bed. Okay. Um. But, uh, and I've been sitting on this for a while. I sort of, he gave me the download and I wrote it out. And I just sort of threw it in the back of my mind. and Forgot about it. I meant to record it. Um, and now that it, he sort of brought it back up, it, uh, it's here. So I'm, I'm going to record this and then I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope and pray it blesses somebody. So, um, this word comes from Psalms, oh, Psalm, the book of Psalms, the very first chapter. Right? And so I'm reading from the ESV, English Standard Version. So for all of you Bible nerds and super theoretical, uh, theological Bible nerds, Forgive me. It's okay. The Lord still loves me. I'm not going to die and go to hell because I used the English Standard Version or the Holman Christian Version or the Amplified Version. It is still the Word of God. <laughs> to my professor um, in uh, preaching the Bible, Dr. Daniel Gilbert, please forgive me. <laughs> uh, from my master's program at Regent. But to, to get into the word, it says this, um, Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by the streams of water. That yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff in the wind that drives it away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Um, if I were to title this message, 
it would be called the battle of right and wrong. I'll repeat that for you guys. So if I was to title this message from Psalms 1, it would be called the battle of right and wrong, right? So, uh, from reading Psalms 1, we understand um, that a person who lives a righteous life operates with a level of discernment. The level of discernment helps the righteous with choices in life. When the righteous walks with the Lord on a constant basis, spiritually, they begin to grow deeper into the things of God. A person who decides to live for themselves without consulting the Lord ignoring him or ignoring him puts themselves spiritually in harm's way ignoring the voice of god is dangerous my i am reading from um the notes that the lord gave me so this is about six or eight pages long uh and that's okay because that's what i was taught (laughs) in bible school um so let's continue So, ignoring the voice of God lets the Lord know that he is not important. And uh, one only sees him as a genie in a bottle who grants wishes when we feel like talking to him. Right? So, now we're going to break this down. We're going to talk about the tree. We're going to talk about the leaves. Um, We're going to talk about the outcome of the wicked as well as um, what it means uh, when we're righteous, right? So, the tree. Uh, the use of the image of the tree in Psalms chapter 1 is to help us understand that nothing is to make us sway or be moved from our beliefs. A tree is so firmly planted in soil that nothing can make it shake or cause it to move. Trees need constant refreshment, which is why they are usually planted by brooks or by water. When they are planted, they get nutrients, right? This is exactly how we are spiritually as people of God living a righteous life. We are constantly getting fed and nourished by his words, right? So when we are planted in the word of God, we are, we're stuck (laughs) in a way, right? When we are planted, nothing can move us, nothing can shake us, um, People can try and cut us down, but they won't be able to, right? Why? Because our roots are attached to the, to the water, the water brook, the word of God, the living water, the bread of a life, the refreshment for our souls, right? We are attached. We are hooked in, right? You can try and dig us out, but it won't work. Why? Because nothing is going to move us and sway us. Right? This is why um, in the book of Matthew, Jesus says, you know, there were two people who heard the word and who built a house, right? One built it on a firm foundation. The other built it on sand. 
and when the the worker who built his house on a rock, he toiled at it. He did measurements. He wanted to make sure that this was going to be a firm, a firm house, right? And the Bible tells us that when the storm came and the winds blew, you know, the man who built his house on sand died. Why? Because the house was unstable and collapsed on him. But the man who built his house on a rock, when the storm passed, he still had a house, <laughs> <laughs> right? So it is important that we stay firm and rooted and grounded in the word as a tree. So that when things come, storm, life, uh, adversaries, job, uh, ministry, career, when things come, we will be planted and rooted. Not allowing anything to shift us or make us think otherwise, right? So now let's talk about the leaves, right? So the word tells us that as we eat and meditate on the word of God constantly, that we will begin to grow and bloom leaves and fruit in due season, according to Psalms 1 through 4. So what does that mean? It means for a season or for some seasons, God might have us, well not might, he will have us meditate on his word out of the eye of the public. When we meditate on the word, both in season and out of season, there is a holy trans there is a holy transformation that takes place. And before we see the change in ourselves, others will begin to see the change. And it will bring honor to the name of Jesus. Right? So, um, the leaves, right? The leaves and the fruit represent, as Psalm says, it is the evidence. It is the evidence of a transformation. Right? A lot of people think, oh, the evidence of you being a Christian is you speaking in tongues. And he is one of the gifts of the Spirit. That is true. But, according to Psalms 1, it says that um, he, will be trying to, he, will, he will be planted like a tree. And in due season, he will produce leaves and fruit. Right? Sometimes the evidence is not what you say. It is how you live. Right? You know, it, 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 that's why Jesus said to the disciples, you know, they will know you by your fruit. Outside of the miracles, the signs, and the wonders that you do, and the way you either speak eloquently or not, people will know you by your fruit. They will know you because, oh, well, you said one thing, but it also matched up with what you really, what you did, right? You know, that's why my parents have always told me, um, and we've also heard this, actions speak louder than words. That phrase comes from the Bible, which says what you do must line up with what you say, right? If you say you want to be a tree planted by the rivers of water, meditating on the word day and night, that means every time you meditate, when you are confronted with something, what you say should be something uplifting and holy and of the Lord, which is why Paul says in Ephesians 4 and 29 that your words need to be seasoned and graced with um, 
the Lord Jesus so that it can be edifying and uh, uh, uplifting to the body of Christ and to those that are uh, spectators, right? Right? And so the next part of the scripture um, tells us that the leaves will not wither. So let, let, let me give you a reminder, right? That the leaves that are growing are examples and are a reflection of the transformation that has taken place. From you meditating on the word while being away with God. Remind, here's a reminder. That the verse reads, his leaves will not wither. When something withers, it needs to be cut off so that it does not affect the rest of the group. Right? So in this verse, the author makes sure to let the reader know that nothing will cause their leaves to die off because they are constantly getting refreshed. But they are constantly connected to resources and resources. Right? So the leaves also represent who and whose we are connected to. If we look at Jesus and the disciples, they were careful with who, whom they ministered to, yet they were always, they always allowed room for um, grace and growth. While Jesus and the disciples uh, fellowshiped and ministered with those who, um, the past two, so, so, Hang on, let me get my get myself together. <clears throat> so while Jesus and the disciples fellowshiped and ministered to those who the pastoral leadership team deemed as not worthy, right? They were growing leaves in the process and all could see it. Right? So here's an example. You know, when Jesus picked his 12 disciples, right, they did not know that, oh, we're about to have a whole, for three years, he's about to give us a whole course on spiritual formation, a whole course on missiology, a whole course on social justice, on racial justice, a whole course on um, holistic faith, right? But uh, he's going to give us a whole course on leadership skills and leadership development, but he's also going to give us a whole course on um, on fellowship, right? And so, uh, when Jesus called the twelve, you know, he had to, in a way, deconstruct what they were taught, right? So they were raised in synagogue. They were raised and were taught. Um, the Bible from a distance. And so the pastoral leadership team did not get down in the dirt with them and did not sort of bring bring the, the word to them, right? In action and in deed, right? And so from how they perceived it, it was, oh... We can't talk to no one that's not Jewish. We can't associate with anyone that's not Jewish. If they're Gentile, they're not part of, quote-unquote, the holy people of God. You know, 
you know, if we do, there are rituals and things that we have to do to become cleansed, right? And so when Jesus got a hold of them, he, you know, told them, he was like, no, we're going to fellowship with them. We're going to minister to them. And our actions, while, while, while after we've ministered to them, our actions are going to be the thing that seal it. And that lets them know, oh no, you, you, you are part of the, the family of God, right? <clears throat> and so what they saw from Jesus and what they saw from the Pharisees and the Sadducees were two different things. And so they grabbed hold to the teachings of Jesus, which was, oh no, we're going to fellowship. These, since you are connected to the source, right? You, you now associating with people and fellowshipping with people are the resources. And so as you, this is the tree analogy that we're talking about in Psalms 1. He's like, you are, you are rooted and grounded in the word, right? You have been given the word from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But now your branches are growing and your leaves are coming out, right? Those are the people you associate with. Those are the people you minister to on a daily basis. Those are the people you go to work with. Right? And so for Jesus, he's saying, but your fruit. So the leaves are, you know, community and fellowship and work and career. But the fruit, right, is how you treat people. You know, uh, uh, if you're a leader, how do you treat your employees? If you are a manager, how do you treat your employees? How do you treat your company? How do you treat um, your congregants, right? Because the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they had the word, right? But as a tree, their fruit was not was not uh, uh, um evident. They looked down on people. They scoffed at people. They told people they weren't good enough. That if they didn't see them on um the day of Sabbath, it was a problem. If they worked on the day of Sabbath, if they read on the day of Sabbath, if they um, gathered food on the day of, of Sabbath, that they weren't holy, right? And that's a whole nother teacher I can do uh, on my own whenever the Lord allows me to, right? But uh, they put people down. And so their fruit was not evident. And people didn't want to come to the synagogue no more. People didn't want to associate with Judaism anymore, right? But Jesus, like I said, took it and flipped it on his head and said, No, the fruit of your evidence is you going to people, working with them, loving on them, helping them, even on the day of Sabbath, right? And, and, so, and so the pastors, which were the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and the Sanhedrin of Jesus' time did more damage with their trees, which are what I was talking about. All the negative words, prideful boasts, prideful prayers, judgmental looks, and remarks to the church not only made people stay away and dread coming, but it also destroyed the leaves on their tree, right? While the religious leaders were were steeped in the word, their actions brought contrasting conflict and ultimately made their leaves and fruit bitter and wither in the sight of those they were trying to witness to. Alright? So, again, 
This is why Jesus remarks, they will know you are a Christian by your fruit. You, you are allowed to judge people by their fruit. I can tell you now, I have more, I'm being honest, as a graduate of Bible college that has a master's degree, that loves the Bible, loves the word, I have more, uh, more fun with those who are sinners. And I'm not saying that I'm compromising myself, no. Those who I've, those who I've talked to, they know that I don't compromise, but I have more fun with those who are not saved, right? Because of their fruit that I can say, oh, you live a good life. You live a, a great life, but you're kind and you're sweet and you're slow to talk. You're slow to anger. You think before you say something. Then I do with those that are Christians. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being honest, right? I have a, I have a small group of of Christian friends, and it's very small. Um, that encourage me, that uplift me, that speak into my life, right? But I wish I had the same amount of Christian friends as I do those that live a secular, uh, worldly life, right? But those who live the secular, worldly life know that I am a Christian by the fruit that I produce, the actions that I do. Don't get me wrong. You know, there are times where I slip up, right? Um, there was a time I slipped up and I cussed somebody out. And it took them back, right? But they also knew that, oh, that's not your character. That's not the fruit you produce. So I know something's wrong when you do something like that. And because of my character, because of the, the fruit of God that I produce, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, they were able to, uh, I don't want to say look the other way, but they were able to bring it to me and address it. And it never, it didn't change the value of who I was in their eyes. Y'all, <laughs> this is heavy. Um, I was not planning on that. Give me a minute while I drink my water. <laughs> water does the body good. <laughs> Let's continue, y'all. <clears throat> right? So the outcome for the wicked, what is that? Um, so, if you think that the wicked will get away with everything. I need you to hold on tight. And I need you to buckle up. I also need you to stop worrying about them. Because, as the word says, um, their evil does not go unnoticed. Verse 5 and 4 from the Holman Christian Bible informs us that the wicked get tossed into the air and blown away by the wind. The word is telling us that the wicked have no chance of surviving what is coming down the pike, right? Because they are unstable and get carried away by anything and everything. James chapter 1 Verse 8 tells us that a man who is constantly indecisive 
is unstable in his mind. This is the wicked. One moment they want all of God, and the next moment they want nothing to do with him. This is why the Lord's promise in Isaiah 26, 3-4 is key to us being planted and steadfast in God, right? The passage from Isaiah promises us that if we keep our minds stayed on Jesus, then he will keep us in perfect peace. We have an awesome assurance of a sound mind because we have hope and we are planted in form in firm firm sorry soil <clears throat> because of the eternal rock named Jesus Christ the savior and the salvation of the world so I'm going to read that part again um, we have an awesome assurance of a sound mind because we have a hope and are planted in firm soil because of the eternal rock named Jesus Christ, the Savior and salvation of the world. Right? So if you are a Christian and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with your heart and your mind and your soul and you've confessed it and you are walking um, and you're doing your best to present yourself as a living sacrifice unto him and as evident to the world. Trust me and in, 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 in rest assured that the wicked, those who seem like they're just having fun and you seem like, you're like, God, do you not see me? No, he sees you. He hears you. He knows. He kept, the Bible says he counts every hair on your head and that the tears that hit your pillow are prayers unto the Lord. He sees it all. And while it looks like everyone else is living the best life, getting everything that you've asked for, he sees it. He hasn't forgotten. He has not forgotten. I'm in that boat. <laughs> I'm being honest. I'm in that boat. I'm raising my hand. I'm in that boat. <laughs> but he he sees it. You know, your outcome is going to be different. Why? Because you have decided to follow the Lord. You have decided to stand on his word. You have decided to hide in the cleft of the rock. You have decided to stand firm, rooted, and grounded. You have decided to not listen to anyone else's voice but the Lord's. Yes. You stay up too late. Don't forget you're coming with me. Yes, ma'am. All right. Sorry. This is what happens when you don't have a place of your own. <laughs> and I don't know how to edit that out. So, we're just going to keep going. So, we are coming to the end, guys. We are coming to the end. <laughs> so, um, Jesus the lookout. Jesus the lookout for our lives, right? So, it is an awesome thing to know that we have a great friend and confidant in Jesus Christ. It's even more cool to know and understand that Jesus is always looking out for us. The last verse tells us that the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The book of Psalms 
or in chapter uh, 121, verse 5, reaffirms that the Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right beside you. Verse 7 and 8 tells us that the Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect your coming and your going, both now and forever. Right? There is a firm validation. Hear me. There is a firm validation when we get reminded that Jesus watches us as a shepherd watches the flock. And um, that Jesus watches his people like a hen watches her babies. Right? Jesus and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that was a little Baptist Pentecostal, so let me let me be educated, quote unquote. Jesus and the Holy Spirit <laughs> are always looking out for our best interest at heart, even if we feel like it should be different. It's like a parent and a child not getting along because the child thinks the parent is smothering them. But all a while, the parent is just looking out for their interest and well-being, right? Jesus and the Holy Ghost and God, the, the Godhead three and one, they are all, they're always looking out for us, right? That's why the Bible tells us at the end of Psalms that look, the righteous, guess what? Don't don't worry. Don't worry. Because your reward is going to be greater than those that are living in wickedness. Your reward is going to be greater than those that are sitting in the seat of the scornful and 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 are indulging in the the the, the uh detestable things of the world, right? Your reward is going to be greater than those. This is going to be greater than what you see in front of you right now. Right? And, and don't get me wrong. It's hard to believe that. Again, I'm a witness. It's hard to believe that when it seems like everything else and everyone else is passing you by and living the dream that you want and achieving the goals that you want. It is hard to believe that. But rest assured. That Jesus is looking out for you. Because he's looking out for me too. It might not feel like it. But I can. I know he, he is looking out for me. He's looking out for me. Alright. He has my best interest at heart. Even if I don't think. Even if I don't think it. Or even if I don't feel it. Right. But yet in this moment. In this moment. We should be grateful. And thankful that Jesus, the Lord, and the Holy Spirit are always on guard for us. Always looking out for us. And guiding us every day. This is a moment where the righteous can rest and praise God because Jesus has never left. We have this assurance. We have this assured anchor. Right? And hope that the Lord does indeed look after his righteous ones. But we also need to rest assured that he is on the watch for the evil as well as the time. Sorry, I'm going to read that part again. We also need to uh, uh, rest assured 
that he is on the watch for evil as well as uh, uh, you, you know letting the devil know that time is running out for them and they will not get away unscathed right so rest assured this battle between righteous and wickedness it doesn't go unnoticed the Lord knows everything he created us. He knows everything. He knows everything. Right? But if we remain righteous, if we remain righteous, I'm not talking about uh, uh, just in living and, and reading our word every day. Right? But in our actions, how we speak, how we talk, who we're with, who we're associated with, um, what we do when no one's watching. If we remain righteous, right? He is faithful and just to not give up on us. He is faithful and just not to give up on us. So, Lord, I pray um, that you will use this as a reminder, not just for me, but for anyone else watching or listening while they're doing their homework, that you are indeed looking out for us, your children, your 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 babies. That you are indeed uh, listening to our plea, our cry. You count every hair on our head. God, I thank you. I pray that you are pleased. And I pray that you will blow upon this. To remind somebody that they indeed are precious in your sight. I thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So guys, I love you. Have a good night. I'm going to bed. <laughs>